You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Uh, <laughs> nothing great. Uh, you know, obviously, things did not turn out the way we wanted. We're going to talk about the game. We've got a long, long offseason ahead of us. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, I, I that's the thing is that uh, as opposed to other years or previous years, I don't feel terrible like I have before. I feel like this is... Still a really young, talented team that's going to go play. It's not like it was with Romo, you know, where it felt like every year was a missed opportunity for a closing window with a guy that's only got a few years left. It feels like if this team overperformed where we I thought they were going to be at, at the midpoint of the season, uh, and it did not end the way we thought, and that the performance that they put out there on versus Los Angeles was not what we were looking for. But I think overall, uh, I'm definitely at a better spot than I probably would have been <laughs> in years past at this time of year. It's probably a good thing that we're doing this podcast on Monday morning as opposed to Saturday night after the game because I was fired up. I, I, I guess that was I, I felt very disappointed because you only get so many shots at going to a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship game, and I really thought the Cowboys had a good chance to, to win that game, and I thought this was you know, one of the teams that – had the fewest holes, right? I mean, on offense, you were really missing only one guy in Travis Frederick, but you didn't have him all season. On defense, it was the healthiest that you've been in I don't know how long. It just kind of felt like a, a wasted opportunity for me. Am I wrong in feeling that way? No, but I I also think that, you know, we we didn't we're not giving enough deference to how good the Rams are, you know. I mean, the, the oh, absolutely, the Rams, the are, Rams a are a fantastic team. They're, team. They're, they, sh- they, I mean, I think they could be one of the. I, I could very easily see them winning the Super Bowl. Let me just say sure. that. Sure, I, 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 I there, you're no doubt. There's no doubt that you're right. Like you know, you only get these opportunities, you know, every once in a while, and that you have to find a way to take advantage of them without a doubt. Um, you know, I, I also think that. We spoke all week, or the weeks previous, or we spoke all week talking about how good this team is, and 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 even though, uh, you know, we framed it as, look, they they have a good, ch- they have a chance to win this game, not like they have a they have a good chance to win this game, or they're you know they're the favorites to right, win this right. game, you know, they go into the game eight and a half point underdogs, and you know they lost by eight points, and so I, I think they. Had a couple of things, you know. And I think we'll talk about the game, but you know, a couple of balls bounce the other way. I think it's closer. A couple of calls go another way. I think it could be closer. Um, you know, but I think ultimately at the end of the day, the team wasn't good enough to do what it needed to do. I think it can get better. Um, and without you know taking a, a lot of steps back, um, and that's what gives me hope here is that it's still quite a young group that doesn't have like a lot of people that are going to start falling off at, at different points. So, you know, I think again, if you, if you told me that before this, like, you know, pre preseason that this team was going to lose Des Bryant 
and Jason Witten and still go ten and six. Uh, you know, with, went into the divisional round of the playoffs. Uh, I would have said that that would have been a huge overachievement. Uh, I, I just think you know, considering all of that, I, I think they they've they've got t- a talent base to, to get started with. But I think the Rams just were the more talented team on Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I would. I'm not even going to say more talented. I'd say just the better team because I think the talent level is close between the teams. But I think the the Rams have a superior coaching staff and home field advantage. And we know how much home field advantage means. That in the playoffs. offensive line uh, is you mentioned so a, good, though. I think that's the thing that we missed uh, out oh, on. You know, is that ha- them all playing right. together for so long has really made a huge difference in the game and frankly that's the i mean more than golf more than than Gurley or you know anything really the thing that that was super impressive about that uh, rams team was their offensive line and so i i my I tip my cap to them on that and you mentioned if a couple calls go your way i don't want to spend this whole podcast talking about bad calls but we easily could. I mean, the Cowboys, the Cowboys did not get the benefit of any call in that game. Uh, I mean, if you talk about the Taco Charlton hold, the Tiki Tack Byron Jones hand to the face, uh, a false start where a guy fell over and they decided not to call it, uh, the Lyle Collins sack on Dak Prescott. Uh, I mean, just a lot of things that just don't go, didn't go your way. And that's pretty typical of what happens when you have home field advantage in the playoffs. You, you just don't get the benefit of the doubt. And who knows, one or two of those plays, maybe they do swing the game. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about the actual game. I want to talk a little bit about the Cowboys offense. Uh, Dak Prescott was 20 of 32, 266 yards, uh, threw for a touchdown, ran for a touchdown. Let's start with him. How do you think he played in his third career playoff game? Uh, I, you know, I think he played okay. I mean, I, I think, you know, we look at the situation um, as far as where this offense, you know, failed. I, they clearly made a concerted effort to stop the run. Um, they, they clearly were, were focused on stopping the run um, and then having, you know, Dak kind of beat them uh, through the air. Um and I think that you know, for the most part, he he did okay, and he was able to push the ball down the field. He was able to get the ball to to Cooper, and especially to Gallup. Um, get you know, made some big plays. Uh, I think that um, yeah, you know, he played with very gutsy performance, and I think it it wasn't uh, Dak Prescott that necessarily. You know, lost us the game. There was there was a point in the middle where it felt like the offense really took a lull, and then it kind of kicked back up in the, the second half of the game. But um, I, I think, if anything, you know, this this game was kind of more won and lost along the line of scrimmage. Um, but I, I think that Dak Prescott, for the most part, you know, he played pretty well. I, I think that uh, he. Could have been a little bit, like I said, there was definitely a point in the middle where it felt like he could have been a little bit more efficient. Um, but uh, I, I think that there was a couple times when he put balls on the receivers that they didn't come down with that they, you know, they got to come down with. Um, I'm thinking specifically about third down conversion that goes into Cooper's hands, I think it was. And, yep. Um, yep. You know, I just think that there was individual plays where uh, your guys could probably make a play for you a little bit better. Um, but I think for the most part in his play, I mean, you know, the, he showed us again that it's not going to be him necessarily that uh, is keeping us out of 
you know the NFC Championship game. I, I think, uh, if anything, uh, my this last half of the season has really, really solidified my opinion uh, that Dak Prescott is the guy I want moving forward. All right, let's just kind of compare it for the listeners out there. Dak Prescott, fourth round pick. Jared Goff, the number one overall pick. Uh, Jared Goff was hit once in this game. I mean, he really had nobody around him all game, yeah. and I think it's pretty fair to say that Prescott severely outplayed him, oh, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jared Goff was just 15 of 28, 186 yards, average six yards an attempt, pass rating of 74. Uh, I, I mean, I, to me, I don't even think it was close. I thought Prescott was the much better quarterback on Saturday night. Absolutely. And, and I think, again, we talked about it with Goff. You know, you get him in rhythm, you keep him in rhythm. That's where he, uh, that's where he shines. You get him off off rhythm, you get him off schedule. Uh, uh, that's where he really struggles. And, and I mean, he was basically in rhythm all game, and he still wasn't as good as Dak Prescott. You know, I mean, he, no. he was given a ton of opportunity. As if there was any pressure anywhere near him, he completely was collapsing and throwing the ball way over people's heads. And I mean, I talk about Goff here. Uh, I, I Prescott, yeah. you know was able to manipulate the pocket, was sliding around in the pocket, delivering the ball down the field, in the middle of the field. Uh, it, it had felt like these last few weeks that he had kind of fixed a lot of the ills that in his passing game that had you know plagued him early on, including pocket you know uh, awareness, pocket moving, uh, throwing the ball in the middle of the field. Uh, you know, so I think. Uh, all those things, it feels like he has continued to improve on and, and has gotten better at. Uh, and, and I felt like you, you saw a continuation of that on Saturday against what was a very tough Rams defense. Absolutely. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about the Cowboys offense. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for my advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't always know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They have been in the business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me in the past, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win and they pay. It's that simple. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each week. If you join now, my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code locked on to activate that offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. All right. So Ezekiel Elliott in this game was held to just 47 yards rushing on 20 carries. How did the Rams take away the Cowboys' rushing attack in this one? Well, I, you know, it felt like they ran a lot of bare fronts. They were trying to kind of cover up that interior part of the offensive line. Um, you know, I, I think we, one of the things they talked about was, you know, there's two ways that uh, Aaron Donald can ruin this game. Aaron Donald can ruin the game the way you expect Aaron Donald to ruin the game, where he gets in the backfield and he's destroying everything that's happening. Uh, 
and just making a ton of tackles and sacks and tackles for loss and all those things. The other way is you you game plan for him so much or or you focus on him so much that it kind of wrecks other aspects of the game. And I, and I don't wonder if if that plus plus the really solid play I think of Endomic and Sue. Um, it really was just kind of doomsday. Excuse the expression for uh, right. for the uh, the Cowboys' run game. You know, I think they uh, were, you know, despite Donald not showing up on the stat sheet a ton. Uh, I think he ended up with uh, t- maybe two tackles and maybe one tackle for loss. I, I should say that off without looking, but I think it was something close to that. Um, yep. Yeah, actually, he has uh, two tackles and one tackle for loss. Yeah, so. Um, I think that it it opened things up for Sue, you know, who uh, had more tackles, had two QB hits, um, and I think that uh, they really seemed to focus on stopping the run um, and kind of just completely cl- clamp down on that uh, and dare D- Dallas to throw it, and Dallas did. I mean, Dallas threw the ball; they just they didn't throw it uh, at the same efficiency that they needed and really i think where I, this is surprising to me despite all the points they scored um you know they were one of 10 on third down and that's that's mm. gonna kill you and 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 i think that's you know they, they that got masked a lot because they they had four third down attempts conversion attempts uh, and converted three of them um but i, I think the fact that they you know were one of ten on on third downs. It really, uh, you know that that the the running game being shut down. I think contributed to that specifically, and I think that specifically the the third down conversion uh, was ultimately what sunk this team. They could not continue to convert the 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 the, uh, the third downs. They couldn't keep the drives alive. They couldn't keep their defense off the field, who was struggling even when they were. You know, not tired to uh, to kind of stay in front of their blockers and, and dismiss blockers and, and stop the run game. Uh, but then, as the game got went on, and, and and the Rams were the ones running the ball and dominating the time of possession, keeping the Cowboys' defense on the field. Uh, you know, it, it became worse and worse. Uh, and so the the Dallas defense spent a lot of time on the field, and uh, they ended up exhausted. Uh, and then, you know, managed a resurgence a little bit at the end. But uh, you know, was enough that at the end of the game, when they needed a stop, they needed one stop on third and eight. They they couldn't uh, they couldn't do it. All right, one last thing about the offense before we move on to the defense. I just wanted to touch on the receivers yeah. really quickly. Uh, Michael Gallup had arguably the best game of his career: six receptions for 119 yards. Um, Amari Cooper had six receptions for 65 yards and a touchdown. Uh, just kind of looking at their, their those two playoff games, Cooper had 171 yards, Gallup had 137 yards. Long term, these are your wide receiver one, wide receiver two, right? I mean, Michael Gallup has. There's no discussion that he he is going to be the Cowboys' future number two receiver, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, they they took a guy this year in the draft that they liked someone. I mean, I I, I certainly wouldn't turn away a guy like that. Um, as a wide receiver, but I, I think that at this point you could probably 
pretty heavily pencil in Michael Gallup in as your number two receiver. I, th- I think they're a great pair. Um, there's definitely some filling out to be done around them, though. I, you know, we can't forget that they have Wilson, who's on the IR, and you know they still have some guys uh, in their roster who can develop. I think that they can have another crew, but I still think a good crew. But I think they need one more guy. I, I, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Beasley. Um, uh, he kind of obviously was as effective as he could be uh, with one catch for 15 yards. Um, but I, I think if the question is, how do you feel about this wide receiver core going in? I think you feel good about the the two guys that you know that you've got for a little while, Cooper and Gallup. Uh, I think the question becomes, how do you want to build around those two? Uh, and, and I think the good thing there is that those two are, are, are kind of versatile. And I mean, at least what I think you can ultimately do with them, especially Cooper. Um, and so yeah. I think that if they decide to kind of change that look up a little bit, it, it's not going to be a, a, a drastic shift or, or anything like that. The final four games of the 2018 season, including the playoffs, Michael Gallup had more receiving yards on less receptions and more touchdowns than Amari Cooper. I, I'm not, that's obviously not suggesting that Gallup is going to be better than Cooper, but just showing the, the, how well they kind of mesh together. I, I was, if I'm taking anything away from the playoffs in this season, it's I think Dak Prescott is back, and I think they have two really, really good receivers that they can rely on going forward. And that at least keeps me optimistic that their passing game can continue to improve. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the defense because they were not very good on Saturday. Uh, the big story of the game was they gave up 273 rushing yards on 48 carries. Uh, you know how I like to take to keep track of successful runs. Uh, they had 29 successful runs uh, in this game. That was by far the most that any team has had all season long. How did the Rams gash the Cowboys' defense in this well, one? Well, I would just like to point out how funny it is that the the Rams, who are the paragon of you know passing the ball and passing success, decided that they wanted to play their playoff game coming in and running the ball forty eight times for two hundred seventy three yards. Oh, stop! It's just, it, the, the Cowboys allowed them to do that because they were stuck in nickel, but, right? That's the but whole thing. It still it was an effective way to win the game, wasn't it? I mean, it's. I, 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 I'm fine with rushing the ball as long as you do it in a way that gives you the advantage. If you're running out of 11 personnel with a six man box all the time, I so love then, that. So then what, maybe, what have, maybe just like summarily dismissing rushing as an option is not something that we should do. And it should be a situational type thing and not just kind of take it at, as a 10,000 foot view that no one should rush the ball. No, it's not that no one should rush the ball. I think you should only rush the ball when it's in your advantage to That's do That's interesting. So. And you know that. I haven't, I haven't heard that caveat until recently. Anyways, uh, uh, I, I think... <laughs> we'll have a discussion we'll have, about we this some other will, time. We certainly will, because I've been having it recently that it's funny that all these teams, that, that everyone's declaring victory in the offensive prowess of what's going on, but they're also declaring it over the 250-plus rushing yards that the Rams had at home when they probably could have thrown the ball, too. Anyways... Uh, <laughs> I, I think that this game clearly was an issue with with the guys inside. I, I think you know they they had a very bad game. You know, there was a lot of talk after the game, interviews with the coaching staff, and listen, the the Rams had a bye week. They had an extra week off to to prepare for these guys, and they have one of the best coaching staffs in football. I, I mean, there's there's hard to deny that that you know, um, I, I and they talked about some of the knowing the Cowboys' tendencies, and I, I think that that's being overblown. I, I, because I think that that's the kind of thing that they, you know, these teams talk about and look for every week. You know, they, they, that's the, uh, now, 
they may have been more familiar because of all the extra time to prepare. But I, I think that that you know it, it, that isn't necessarily a failure so much by the defensive. Uh, coaching staff that caused these issues. I, I think it was a failure by the players on the field, um, and 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 that was an issue. I think, you know, Collins Woods did not have a, a fantastic game. Um, ultimately, no. I, I think to me this screamed of this was the first time that this defense actually, even though they haven't had him and he isn't really a, a part of the team anymore in any way. You know, this team went into the season expecting to have something out of David Irving, and and the mm. fact is is that you know when the situation with him going into the training camp became a thing, still thought that they would get him back for the, you know some part of the season. He came back for like two games or whatever, and then kind of that was it for the entire season. Uh, I think this was the first time that this defense. This deep in the playoff, realized. Look, we needed one more of these guys on this defensive line to take it to the next level, and uh, I think that's really where things. They needed a dominant player in the middle of the field uh, to to be destroying these schemes, uh, and they didn't really have it. They had guys who were were doing the best they could, um, you know, that were rotating inside, but they were still getting beat up and still getting moved and off the ball like you know 10 15 yards I mean the holes were huge it, it wasn't it wasn't even yeah. just like guys were scraping by and you know I mean they, they, they were huge so uh, I, I think to me and I, I know, you know we, we both heard John owning say that something similar to us and I think it's, it felt like this uh, this game you know it, it was lost in the trenches but specifically I, the, the defensive tackles it felt like really really had a rough night. Well, I'll go ahead and add into that a little bit more. So Malik Collins this week, uh, he actually injured his ankle against Seattle, uh, and he was pretty banged up. And then he got the flu early in the week, so he was still kind of coming over that. So the, the plan in this game was to use a lot of Tyrone Crawford, Karan Reed, and kind of Woods as their three interior guys. But Malik Collins had no choice but to play because they were getting beat up so bad. And he played 65 snaps in this game. So when you got a guy that's coming off a bad ankle and he's going up against one of the best interior offensive lines in the league, that's just a, you know that's just a recipe for six, uh, for to, to be Disaster. to be beaten. Yeah, yeah it, it really was. And then Karan Reed, you know, we've talked kind of sung the praises of him this season. I didn't think he played particularly well. Uh, and then to make matters worse, your your linebackers didn't have the best game. I thought they the they kind of exposed Jalen Smith a little bit in the run game. Uh, Leighton Vanderesh obviously didn't have his best game. He really struggled tackling. Uh, I saw Pro Football Focus had him down as two missed tackles this week. It, it was just kind of a combination of a lot of players playing their worst games at the same time. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think it's coincidental either. I mean, obviously, when your interior defensive line is not giving you any kind of coverage and the guys are getting up to the second level, you're going to have a hard time. And, you know, like they talked about, they had a lot of time to try to use these run cues against them. And when there's bodies in the way and things are not developing the way that you think they are based on the cues, it, it makes a linebacker job really impossible, you know? And, and so uh, I think. You know, I think that part of those two things being those two guys, uh, like those two groups, I should say, uh, both struggling 
at the same time is not coincidental. It's tied together, you know? And so, uh, right. yeah, right. I think that it, it all starts up front and, uh, you know, you want, you would like for your linebackers, uh, to o- try to overcome, you know, some of that. But I think that it, it was too, uh, too, too high an ask at that at one point. And, and then ultimately they didn't step up the way that maybe they needed to. But uh, like I said, I think that starts with them, the guys in front of them kind of, you know, getting pushed back into their lap, getting pushed back back past them, uh, opening up huge lanes, and when guys like big fat C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley can get some get right. some momentum going, right. it's they're, they're tough to tackle. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to have shows all week long talking about the, the, the Cowboys' future long-term, some of our biggest takeaways uh, from the 2018 season. So make sure you guys subscribe to us. Stay tuned. We'll make sure we tweet out all the links. Uh, you can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We will see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>